Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. It's so great to have you here with us on our show today. Thanks for making Lockdown Blue Devils your first listen and your first watch each and every day. If you're watching us on YouTube, thanks for doing that. Make sure that you subscribe, share the channel, share the video with your friends, like the video as well. Your support means the world. Again, my name is JJ Jackson. I proudly serve as the host of Lockdown Blue Devils. Follow us on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to also follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. If you haven't done so already, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and written review. It means the world when you take the time to do that. Here with me on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, so excited to have my good buddy Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast here with us as we get set for another epic matchup between Duke and Kansas. This time, Josh, they're meeting once again on the football field. We saw it last season in Durham. But you don't typically say epic Duke and Kansas games if it's not basketball. And here we are saying that for a football game. Yeah, it's a new era, right, and, uh, for both schools. <clears throat> both uh, new coaches uh, within the last year or two of uh, both schools started the season 3-0. and uh, Both schools chirping at college game day, trying to get them to show up in Lawrence this coming Saturday. It didn't happen. Uh, but, man, how crazy would that have been? Just the fact – that it was a legitimate option. I believe, obviously, FS1 holding this game was a little bit of a, a factor of this and it being an early start. But the fact that that was legitimately you know, out there and being tweeted about by like reputable people means that these, these two programs are headed in the right direction for sure. Yeah. I saw it somewhere on Twitter, obviously, the people trying to make sure this game or try to advocate for this game to be the site for college game day, of course, a week after Appalachian State gets to host college game day for the first time ever in the city of Boone, North Carolina. I don't know if they've recovered yet from all the folks uh, that were pouring into the streets to see that site last week. But I saw somewhere where it, Duke and Kansas are uh, two of very, very, very few Power 5 schools out there who have never hosted college game day for a football game. Obviously, right. they also yeah. do college game day with Reese Davis and Jay Billis and Seth Greenberg, and they go to Allen Fieldhouse. They go to Cameron Indoor every single season, sometimes multiple times each season, but they've never been for a football game before. So that truly would have been epic if they had made the decision to go to Lawrence. It would have been, you know, give these programs another year uh, of, of showing what they can do, and who knows, they may show up, you know. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, for sure. And these are these are two programs on the rise, two programs uh, that have a lot to prove uh, because, you know, they, they've – in just recent history, been uh, about as low as you can get. And so to see the kind of the quick meteoric rise of both of these coaches, Lance Leipold there in Lawrence, and then obviously Mike Elko here in Durham, uh, just seeing what they're doing with these programs is really cool to watch. Josh, I'll say if nationally, and again, we we talk Duke all the time. So yeah. uh, it's it's easy to kind of get these these Duke blue goggles on from time to time. I would say if you take all of the Duke bias away from this, nationally, Kansas is more of the surprise, right? That they're 3-0 and at this point of the season, that they've already got a conference game and a conference victory on the year, knocking off uh, West Virginia. They had the big win at Houston. 
whereas Duke has wins over Temple and North Carolina A&T at home and a win over Northwestern, a team that they beat last year and a team that just lost to Southern Illinois this past week. So all that to say, it probably is a bigger surprise at the success that we're seeing from Kansas so far. Uh, and I think part of that is, is why this game is so intriguing because we saw these two teams play a rather non-competitive game in Durham last year. Like Duke kind of did what they wanted to at points in that game against Kansas. And now we've got a battle of the unbeatens here in the fourth week of the season. Yeah, I, I think uh, even Brian Haney, uh, play-by-play guy for Kansas, who's on our podcast uh, this week, um, he mentioned that like I think the whole program felt if they split the Houston-West Virginia games and came into the Duke game two and one, that was a huge win for them. Right. And the fact that they didn't split it, no, they swept it, and they came in, they're coming in three and oh. Uh, you know, I, I think they may be a little bit surprised with just how good the the season has started off for them. And, you know, at the end of the day, uh, kudos to them. I mean, it's it's incredible. Um, you know, I think before too long you're going to start seeing uh, Leipold's name pop up on some uh, some other schools' radars. and No doubt. Who knows where that will go. Um, but, yeah, I, I think they're surprised a little bit to be 3-0. and um, But they're confident. And, I mean, they're very close to a sellout, 50,000 people, very close to selling out this game this coming Saturday. In fact, by the time this airs, there's a chance, a good chance that they will be sold out. And so Duke's going to go into a really cool environment that they obviously did not experience at Northwestern as far as uh, the number of fans and how loud it's going to be there. Yeah, really looking forward to seeing what that atmosphere looks like to be able to watch it on television. Again, Duke and Kansas – Noon Eastern on FS1, 11 a.m. local time. So uh, for the bodies out there, for the Duke football players, they're getting up like they did in the Northwestern game an hour earlier than you typically would for those noon Eastern starts at home in Durham. They're going to be ready to rock and roll. And we talked about it with you earlier in the week that the Duke football team has gotten off two quicker starts than Kansas has so far this season. That could be a factor moving forward into this one. Let's talk a little bit more about that coming up in just a moment here on Locked on Blue Devils. Locked on Blue Devils here today brought to you by our friends over at Nugenics. Do you want more energy to counter the negative physical effects of aging? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testafin will help you turn back the clock, reorganize and re-energize your workouts, get you better results at the gym, and help you look and feel like the man you really want to be. Nugenics Total Tea contains man-boosting key ingredients like testophen. It's been validated in five clinical studies shown to boost free testosterone levels in men. While every product professes quality, many other products use generic ingredients that are often far less clinical grade. With Nugenics Total Tea, you can get the same clinical potency levels used in the trials, and Nugenics formulation is backed by 10 years of science and research. It's the number one selling testosterone booster at GNC. Now, get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text COLLEGE, C-O-L-L-E-G-E, to 231231. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast. Absolutely free. Text COLLEGE to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. Again, text COLLEGE to 231231. 
Back here on Lockdown Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson, alongside my buddy Josh Cox from the Football Talks Section 17 podcast. And Josh, as we get set for Duke and Kansas here this upcoming weekend, this is our Thursday edition of Lockdown Blue Devils. Folks can go right now and listen to the Section 17 podcast. What will they find there if they search out your podcast? Yeah, this week we we did try to talk a lot about Kansas, and we not only spoke amongst ourselves, but we mentioned Brian Haney, uh, play-by-play guy for the Jayhawks, came on, spent a long time with us really talking about Kansas. And so if you're a Duke fan and you want to know your opponents, I think we got what you need uh, there on our podcast this week. And then, of course, we predict what we think the score is going to be and uh, and, and, the, and the uniform combo, the ever-important uniform combo. So other things like that. But, yeah, check it out. We love your feedback. Um, you know, obviously hit us up on Twitter at Talk. We'd love to chat and hang out. Yeah, make sure you go check it out. Leave them a five-star rating and review. It means the world when you do that. So Duke and Kansas playing football on Saturday. Uh, what gives you the most confidence? You were talking a little bit of confidence in segment number one today. What gives you the most confidence in Duke's chances for a victory? I mean, it gives me the most. It gives me a lot of confidence in knowing that Kansas, while they have put a lot of points on the board, they've also given up a lot of points. Uh, you know, that gives me some confidence. I mean, they've uh, they've given up, you know, for basically 400 yards a game um, and, you know, given up a lot of points. And so that that gives me uh, confidence. Um, the second thing that gives me confidence is I feel I feel like our um, we have everything, every challenge so far this year we have stepped up to. The Northwestern game gives me the most confidence on the road. 11 a.m. start, as you mentioned in the previous segment. We've already been there. We know the schedule now. We know the routine now. That gives me confidence. And then, I mean, as weird as this sounds, the two biggest wins for Kansas have both come on the road. And I think Duke fans are, understand this. There are, there are times when we think that our program has played better on the road than we have at home. And, you know, it'll be different for Kansas. Playing a home game, they're going to be like, they're hyped out of their minds. And, you know, can we come in and just punch them in the face? And, like, that's kind of the the confidence that I think we have to have. And this coaching staff does a really good job of motivating these guys. And I'm sure there's a lot of bulletin board material uh, searching, probably looking through some Kansas uh, – uh, message boards and some beat writers and, you know, some maybe player interviews. I'm sure they're super confident going into this game. And, you know, the betting line is where it is. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think there's a lot of bulletin board material for Coach Elko. And as we've seen in the in the highlight videos, by the way, Coach Feely, who is more than just the strength and conditioning coach, he is a motivational speaker yeah. as well for these guys. I think they're going to be in a good headspace. and They're going to be ready to roll for this game. So we talk about this game coming up, and we, we talk about Candace, or Kansas. You mentioned sort of the uh, the offense that they've got, the points that they've scored. Numbers to back that up, Josh. Kansas mm-hmm. this season has scored 159 points on the year. That is the most in the entire Big 12 conference, a conference that includes Oklahoma. And uh, Oklahoma State, a top-10 team, they're actually right behind them. Oklahoma State has scored four fewer points than Kansas has so far this season. However, the Jayhawks have given up the second most points in the conference. Only West Virginia has given up more points than the Kansas Jayhawks have. So while their offense has been really dynamic, while they have scored the most points in that Big 12 conference, they've given up the second most as well. 
that's an area of, of confidence for me in knowing the offensive success that Riley Leonard has had so far this season at quarterback. Yeah, and I, I saw earlier in this week uh, a stat float through Twitter. You know, a, a stat will come across Twitter and everybody retweets it. But I believe it was the offensive efficiency. I believe that was the, the category that Kansas okay. is number one in the nation. Offensive efficiency. Duke is number six in the nation. Offensive what efficiency. What kind of a world are we living in, man? I know. I know. This it's is wild. not basketball. Like, those are basketball offensive efficiency numbers for these teams. Yeah. But we're talking football right now, man. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild. And so we, we really do have a potential for a, a, a shootout. I mean, Riley Leonard has looked as good as any Duke fan would have asked, could have asked for. He has looked great. And then Jalen Daniels on the other side for Kansas. I mean, this guy, if you want the epitome of a dual threat quarterback, I mean, this guy is leading uh, the Jayhawks in rushing. He's just averaging – he's only averaging 8.8 yards per carry. That's incredible. Yeah. He's actually – okay, this is a wild stat. He's actually averaging more yards per carry than he is yards per pass. He's at 8.1. That's insane. Uh, on that. So, I mean, at the end of the day, and the thing about it is I got to give a lot of props to him. I mean, when he does throw the ball, which is, you know, he runs it about 50% of the time. When he does throw it, he's 67, over 67% completion percentage. So this isn't one of those cases where the guys are basically running back and he can't throw the ball. No, this guy can throw the ball. Uh, they have like a three-headed monster in the backfield with him, uh, Devin Neal, uh, Daniel Hyshaw, what they what they said, what, what Brian Haney told us is they'll line up in the backfield sometimes with like a triangle around the quarterback, like three guys. Sometimes pre-snap, they motion all three of them out. Right. Other times they all stay, and he hands them all to one of the three, like a really kind of an odd-looking offense. And so it's going to be so a many challenge different ways for to confuse defense. the defense, yeah. Yeah, for sure. He said it's interesting when they all scatter out to just watch the defense react and try to figure it out because they go from you know three guys in the backfield with the quarterback to basically a five-wide scenario in a matter of seconds. And so, yeah. you know, it's going to be interesting. But I think the quarterback battle, I think, listen, Riley Leonard is up to the challenge. Uh, it, we look a little bit different on offense than they look, and that's fine. Uh, but I think you could see Riley get his legs involved a little bit more in this game. Um, and, and Riley's proven, as he did this past Saturday, 56-yard touchdown run, Riley could get out and he can get in the open. He can, he's got some speed on him. Uh, reminds us a lot of Daniel Jones when he does yeah. that. And, so. and well, Josh, we, we talk about, you know, a, a confidence for Duke. What, what gives you confidence that Duke could win this game? And so uh, what may give you hesitation? What concerns you most about this Duke team? I think a good measure there could be a mobile quarterback having mm-hmm. to defend that because there's been such different play styles that Duke's defense has had to defend through the first two weeks, three weeks of the season. Dewan Mathis at Temple is a very mobile guy. He had no success throwing the football whatsoever and hasn't shown the throwing ability that Daniels has so far this season for Kansas. I mean, is it the defense for the Blue Devils that concerns you most, or or is there something else that concerns you going into this game if there was anything? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be the defense. I mean, uh, remember, we're only three weeks in, three games into the season, and we spoke the entire offseason about how we were nervous about the secondary. And, you know, at the end of the day, while they have played really well, I mean, we have to give them their props. They have played extremely good football. We do know that this is a 
an attack. This is a potent offensive attack here. And now they're not just airing it out and throwing it all over the place. But at the end of the day, your safeties, your Darius Joiners, and your Jalen Stinsons, they've got to make sure they stay home. They've got to make sure that they are uh, that their scheme is right and they're playing within the scheme properly because, you know, listen, you get caught up on that line trying to help out on a quarterback run and he pulls back out and throws the ball deep and you're out of position. You know what I'm saying? Like those right. things happen. And so, yeah, the defense, I guess, is concerning, but I'm not sure that it's concerning because of Duke. I think the defense is, con- the defense is concerning because of how successful Kansas has been against any team that rolls the defense out there on the field. So, I mean, this going to be that way in every team that Kansas faces this year. Their defense is going to be like, oh, crap. Like, this is an offense that right now is scoring 53 points a game. So, yeah, I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. What's looking good for that Duke defense in, in particular uh, so far this season is that, you know, one, we had the Temple game where the Owls did not score a single point. Uh, but but then, two, uh, kind of multiple people in that secondary contributing so far, getting pressure on the quarterback. It's just been – kind of the run defense that, you know, we talked on on Tuesday earlier this week that, yes, a lot of that's in the second half against second and third unit guys. Still, you got to be able to stop the run. We'll see if Duke can do that coming up on Saturday. Duke has scored the second most points in the Coastal Division of the ACC so far this season, only behind North Carolina, and they have given up the second fewest points in the Coastal Division so far. Interestingly enough, our, uh, our friends down the road in Chapel Hill have scored the most points in the Coastal Division this season. They've also given up the most ding, on the ding, ding. side of football. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, who knew Larry Fedora was still there, right? But, <laughs> hey. Here we are. Here we are. All right, let's uh, wrap up today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils coming up here in just a moment. All right, today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online, the number one source for all of your football needs, and I'm talking pro and college football. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, final few moments here of today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. J.J. Jackson alongside my buddy Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. And we're going to close out this Thursday edition of the program talking a little hoops, Josh. Coming up on uh, Monday, we will see the first official practice for the Duke men's basketball season as we're getting closer to the start of the John Shire era of Duke men's hoops. Outside of the Dariq Whitehead injury and, and obviously still waiting for him to get back into full form, what what basketball thoughts have you been having recently? Shire's recruiting success, lineups, like what's been going through your mind here? Yeah, I think the major thing that's been going through my mind, I've listened to a couple of basketball podcasts, you know, been kind of getting myself, you know, in, in that in that mode. And the question that I and I can't wait to see this answer because I think the answer is a good answer. But is Jeremy Roach the end of the year Jeremy Roach that we saw last year, is right. that the true Jeremy Roach? I think the answer is yes. I really do. But, but man, it's got to be. It has yep. to be. Every single Duke team has had a veteran leader. And if Jeremy Roach is not, for some reason, that veteran leader, 
I don't know who this team turns to uh, in, in any sort of a veteran spot. And so that's my – it's not even a question mark to me. It's what I am looking forward to the most is seeing Jeremy Roach. Like, I, And I think the word is confidence. I think that's the word because I'm looking forward to him playing an entire season where he knows that his coach has got his back 100%. I think he is going to benefit from Jay Lucas, you know, being a guard – being a guy that's just got some ultimate confidence, it seems like as a, as a man, not even a player, as a man, I think that's going to help Jeremy as well. And that's my biggest thing. That's what I'm looking forward to. I want to see Jeremy Roach put some guys on skates. I want to see him use that, utilize that Chris Paul 15-foot pull-up jumper. I want to see him utilize that, taking it to the hoop and finishing, you know, w- with either hand. I want him drawing defenses like he did towards the end of the season, drawing defenses and finding the open man. Yeah, I can't wait. Looking forward to seeing Jeremy Roach as a junior. Yeah, no, I'm I'm certainly excited about what we're going to get out of Roach this upcoming season. I do think that it will be more of what we saw at the NCAA tournament. He's the reason that Duke was able to go as far as they were last year. Uh, there were moments in the NCAA tournament where other teams keyed on Duke's star players, the Paulo Bancaros of the world, Wendell Moore Jr., Mark Williams, guys that really had big impacts all season long, and Roach took it to the next level when Duke needed it the most, and that was the reason uh, that they were able to go so far. I'm curious, too, going into the year and and with practice ramping up, you go to practice, and what you talk about so frequently are the players on the court, and rightfully so. We're talking a lot about John Shire going into his first season as a head coach, being the guy to lead practice and that sort of thing. What we haven't spent as much time discussing, Josh, is the coaching staff. And you mentioned Jay Lucas there a moment ago, but Emil Jefferson is brand new on the job too. Earlier this week, Duke men's basketball released a mic'd up video of Emil Jefferson in practice. He's amazing. We, of course, remember that from his Duke playing days. Uh, but uh, that's that's one thing for me, and I'd be curious your thoughts too. Like, I'm fired up to see what this coaching staff is going to be able to do on the court. We see the success they're still having out recruiting. What can you do in the development areas of the game? Yeah, and from from all we've been told, like that is where Emil is supposed to be, like the guy is like in development. And I mean, I we we all saw a greatly improved Mark Mitchell, uh, Mark Williams. Sorry, Mark Mitchell. I'm already for this year already. Mark, we're going to see a greatly improved. We are. You're, we you're are, predicting we are. the future there with that that's, one. That's yeah. right. But we saw we saw Mark Williams, and I think I think credit goes. You know, to a meal for his development, and we saw a better a better product out there on the court than what we saw his freshman year. Even at the end of his freshman year, when he had that little run there towards the very end, I still feel like the the Mark Williams that we saw throughout the entirety of this past season was an improved player. So I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing that. And then I think it's big deal. Like Jay Lucas is the first outsider, yeah, that we have brought into the program in years. And listen, I. I'm not throwing any shade at Kay, but at the end of the day, like not having someone that is that can look you in the eye and be like, hey, man, this might not be the best way of doing this. You know, like Jay Lucas is going to be able to do that with John Shire, and he's going to be able to say things like, hey, have you ever considered this approach? Or like maybe when I was at Texas, here's something that when I was at Kentucky, man, I think that's invaluable. And like, I think it's always healthy in any any organization, no but especially in coaching, to have that person to come in and say, listen, man, 
you see things from a different viewpoint, show us what we're missing. Where, wh why, you know, why are things different here? Why are we not exactly where we want to be in certain areas? And I think having a guy like Jacob into the program and Shroggy as well coming back in. I know he's a Duke guy, but still, he's had some experience outside. And coming back in, I think it's going to be invaluable for John Shire. Can't wait. I mean, basketball season is going to be here before we know it. We've got a big football game coming up this weekend as well. And Josh, you're so great because each and every week you join us here on Lockdown Blue Devils and uh, able to talk all things Duke Athletics with you, which I certainly do appreciate it. Tell us one more time about the Section 17 podcast, if you will. Yeah, for sure. You can find it uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Just search Section 17 podcast. We talk exclusively Duke football. And uh, we do that every week. We usually try to introduce uh, you to the play-by-play -play, uh, of the opponent that's upcoming in that weekend uh, to try to get you kind of a behind-the-scenes look at our opponents. We have a little bit of fun. We predict some things. We do tell the tape, uh, kind of sizing up our opponents and the history there that we have. And, yeah, all, all different types of things. And so we just have fun doing it. We try to bring you Duke football content from a unique perspective. And we are riding the fence here of being – Super fans and media. And so that's <laughs> our that's the, the fence we're riding, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. That's a good description for it right there. Let's close with this. I'm going to throw you the alley-oop right here, Josh, and I need you to do everything in your power to slam this home, okay? So here it comes. For folks watching us on YouTube and for those listening on podcasts right now, what shirt am I wearing today, Josh? Tell folks about this. Yeah, so it seems as if J.J. – is rocking this bleed blue shirt, but there's something. It's not just a bleed blue shirt, which is obviously the Duke football mantra uh, since day one of Mike Elko, but it's got a little logo underneath. It happens to be the Section 17 podcast bleed blue t-shirts, which, which by the way, JJ, we are seeing more and more of these bleed blue t-shirts across Wallace Wade Stadium. Several, awesome. several of them this past time. In fact, we had one person contact us for a bulk order and said they are on a bowling – they're in a bowling league. Wow. And their team name is going to be Bleed Blue. And they love them for the whole – and so we hooked it up. And so, uh, <laughs> you know, we're trying to get them all out. Thanks for the support, by the way, JJ. Appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, we're having a lot of fun with it. Little Birdie told us – Little Birdie told us that one of uh, Mike Elko's close family members – commented about our shirts uh, this past weekend at the game and very complimentary of them. So, hey, who knows? We're trying That's to get great. the word out. On so. Twitter, at DukeFBTalk, is That's that correct. the best way to get one of these shirts? Is that the best You can do, do that. So we don't have like a store set up. We're working on that, and that might be something we do in the future. Uh, so right now, if you DM us on Twitter, at DukeFBTalk, we'll get you all the information about how to pay for it. We'll ship it to you. If you're not local, if you're local, we'll either ship it to you or we'll figure out a way to get it to you. Uh, but, yeah, get, ch check it out, Bleed Blue Shirts. Uh, like I said, we're seeing more and more of them. We're just trying to spread the word. Josh, thanks for joining me once again. I'll talk to you next week, all right? Thanks, JJ. We'll see you later, man. That's my good buddy. Josh Cox from Duke Football Talk Section 17 Podcast joining me, joining me here today on the show. Thanks so much for your support, for watching on YouTube, listening to the podcast. Please leave us a five-star rating and written review. It means the world when you take the time to do that. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day.